In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Storytelling has always been a significant part of every culture. It is how we share our traditions, how we learn. It is how we shape society. Jesus understood the power of stories in helping people to reframe their context. His parables were not meant to be easily heard. They were meant to disgruntle and disrupt, to cause the listener to go away scratching his head and trying to figure out just exactly what Jesus meant. Maybe even be a little offended. At the most, they are wisdom sayings. At the very least, they challenge anyone with ears to hear, to reflect on how everyday events have points of similarity with the truths of God's kingdom. Jesus' parables should be no less challenging for us today. It's easy to read them, hear how Jesus interprets them to his disciples, and walk away with some simple conclusions. For instance, this morning's parable of the wheat and the weeds, one can easily determine that Jesus is saying that good and evil both exist, and that one day all the bad people will go to hell, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and all the good people will go to heaven, and we can only assume there will be fine wines forevermore for us to drink. We like that interpretation. It's easy. It fits neatly into our Christian box. And that should be our first sign that our understanding of what Jesus is trying to teach us might be somewhat misconstrued. I am a child of the 70s and 80s. And my formative years included stories of Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Disney princesses. And though Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Dr. Jones taught me to always strive for the good in the world, it was the Disney princess movie that truly defined the genre of good versus evil for me. Disney struck movie theater gold with its formula of the young, innocent victim put upon by a dark, evil villain only to be rescued by some handsome, young hero prince. Think Ariel, Ursula, and Eric in The Little Mermaid. Or Snow White, the wicked queen and Prince Charming. Or one of my very favorites, Aurora, Maleficent and Prince Philip in Sleeping Beauty. Victim, villain, and hero is a triangle that may end in happily ever after, but it creates considerable angst in the process. And it narrates a story in which everyone is assigned a defined role. And that is easily translated to our everyday experiences. The subconscious message is that we play particular roles, as does everyone else that we come in contact with. We are all victims searching for a hero to make a stand against whoever the villain might be, either a particular person or an institution. 
and our life will only know fulfillment when we strive and embrace the hero in our particular circumstances. I think that is why I like Sleeping Beauty of all the Disney princess movies. Aurora is really a non-entity in the plot. She's asleep most of the time. She serves simply as a stand-in for all victims powerless to escape their fate. Enter the villain, Maleficent, one of the most sinister villains in Disney culture ever, save maybe Corella DeVille because puppies, I get it. In that original Disney fairy tale of Sleeping Beauty, Princess Aurora is cursed by Maleficent at her christening. And though she is then raised by incompetent fairies, the spell cast on her at her birth comes to fruition on her 16th birthday when she pricks her finger upon the spindle of a spinning wheel. The whole kingdom sinks into a deep sleep, which only true love's kiss can revive. As Prince Charming, aka Prince Philip, rides in to save the day, he must first defeat the evil Maleficent before reviving the sleeping Aurora and thus awakening the kingdom. It's a fantastic story. A typical victim, villain, hero plot that Disney and society thrives on. Or at least they did until the turn of the 21st century. Since the early 2000s, Disney has slightly changed the formula. No longer is the female always cast as the poor, defenseless, innocent victim in need of saving by some handsome prince. Stories now contain an explicit girl power that casts females in the light of a hero, even in their own stories take Sleeping Beauty, or should I say, Maleficent. In 2014, Disney released an origin story of the evil fairy Maleficent. The story takes us back to the tranquil days of a young fairy living in a magical wood. She meets and falls in love with a human named Stefan. But Stefan will eventually betray her and cut off her wings. Maleficent, a young girl who had been in love, becomes a victim, and her anger and her hatred will fester into her becoming a villain. She will go on to curse the new King Stefan's infant daughter, Aurora, and though she does not kill the child, she pronounces that only true love can save her, knowing that neither she nor Stefan believe that true love can ever really exist. The victim, Maleficent, has become the villain, Maleficent. And she has cast another into the role of victim, Princess Aurora who in fact does prick her finger on her 16th birthday and fall into a deep sleep. But this time, true love's kiss will not be delivered by a Prince Charming, 
or any doting male figure in Aurora's life. In a great twist of irony, it is Maleficent herself who offers the kiss. You see, in the years of Aurora's childhood with the imbecile pixie squad, Maleficent has been the one to secretly care for and nurture the child. And though throughout those 16 years, Maleficent always referred to Aurora as her beastie, she has grown to love her as only a mother can do. And Aurora, who knows her by her shadow, believes her to be her godmother. True love's kiss is administered by the least likely of heroes, or should I say, heroines. Upon arousing Aurora, Maleficent is then attacked by King Stefan, the true villain in this version. And by another great twist of irony, she will subsequently be saved by Princess Aurora. Girl power at its finest. Maleficent, Princess Aurora, King Stefan are all caught up in an eternal cycle of victim, villain, and hero. And though the principal characters might change, the story remains the same. It may be solid gold for theaters and production companies, but as a story that shapes our societal values, it leans, lends us toward a path in which we must always play the victim, strive to be the hero, or be judged as the villain. <clears throat> Holding on to that tension is as difficult as allowing weeds to grow amongst one's wheat. We agonize over what we could be, even as we yearn for a hopeful outcome. It is not simply a personal struggle. It is an interpersonal one. Each of us has the potential to be the victim, the villain, and the hero. Each of us has the potential to be the wheat and the weed. And all of us are all of those things in our lifetime. It is the circumstances and the choices that we make that truly define those moments in our life. The truth is that when we feel we've been treated unfairly, or abused and determine ourselves as a victim, we have a choice. We can continue to be that victim. We can treat others unfairly and become the villain. Or we can remain loving, open people, those who strive above the, the rest. When they go low, we'll go high and determine ourselves to be the hero. There is another choice in the field of love. It is the choice to resist defining ourselves at all. It is the choice to recognize the circumstances of our life are rarely fair. And instead of determining ourselves to be victim, villain, or hero, we learn to empower ourselves and others as well. We build up 
We become problem solvers. And we encourage others to solve their own problems too. We allow the wheat and the weeds to exist in the same field. And we trust in the promise of God that in the end, all shall be well. The weeds will be burned away and only our wheat will shine forth. The story the world would have us believe is that we must come to the rescue of others. But the story that Jesus tells us is to empower others, even if they are weeds, that they might grow and flourish and maybe come to some other purpose even if it is simply fuel for the fire. Because the truth is that few of us are simply wheat or weeds. Most of us are both. The good that was planted in us at our creation has been corrupted by an enemy who has sown ill intentions and evil desires into all of our hearts. And we are given a choice as to what we will nurture and reap in our own lives. We are all Maleficent, Aurora, Stefan, even Prince Charming. And when our own day of reckoning comes, we can all be assured that the harvest of our life will be collected, the weeds being burned up, and the wheat shining like the sun and waving like those amber waves of grain that Chris spoke about so eloquently last week. Our stories are how we understand who we are and what we strive for in the world. The story of Jesus Christ is the story of empowering and equipping others to understand and see the kingdom of heaven on this earth so that they might convey that vision to all that have ears to hear. That is a story of love, not of condemnation. It is the story that accepts that there is good and there is bad. The wheat and the weeds, and yet it judges neither, knowing that in the end all shall be well, and we will shine like the sun of righteousness. Amen.